Hey everyone, I'm Beatrice. I'm Dante. Welcome to Cheating on Fear. Because fear is the path to the dark side. Mm. (laughs) Your Yoda line. (laughs) How you get so big eating food of this kind. Yeah, that's your favorite bit. What's that from? That's from Empire. Empire. Yeah, that's Empire. That is the best movie out of all nine. Seriously? Yeah. All nine. All nine. It's definitely my favorite out of the original trilogy. Okay. Yeah, mainly because I thought the Hoth scene was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. But. I mean, that's, Empire is where the crux of the story is revealed. Did you, did I show you that bit where they had the scene after Luke gets out of the back to tank after getting hit by the swamp monster where he like the scene with him and Leia gets a little bit more incestuous and then they like, they, they cut it out. You did show it to me. You did show me the edit, yes. It's worth looking up because it totally changes that scene where Han walks in and she kisses Han to make Luke jealous. And you're like, oh, if only they knew, like, in three years, that's going to seem really gross, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's problematic. But we just, you know, it, it's like it's like the twins in Game of Thrones. We don't think about that either too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of things that are problematic. Oh, what so, a, so I've got, I, I've, I love your segues. Well, I've got this thing I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. So in our Nine Iron Rules episode, we made mention of, we called him a disciple, but that seems like kind of culty. A fanboy. Yeah. A fanboy of Rolo Tomasi's uh, who has, I don't know, like, is it, I mean, a YouTube channel. I don't know what else he's got, but it's called Entrepreneurs in Cars. Yes. And the guy's name's Rich Cooper. Mm-hmm. And... I am like I imagine it started because he was driving around in these nice cars. He's an, he was an entrepreneur in a car. Yeah, and he was talking about entrepreneurship. I don't actually know because when you look him up on YouTube, it's his his channel is just flooded with these kind of relationship advice for young men. And that's pretty much how I stumbled across him to begin with. And actually, I stumbled across him first before Rolla Tomasi's book. But it was because my older son was trying to look for a nice way to break up with his girlfriend. Yeah. And when, you know, if you don't know how to do something, you like YouTube it. Somebody's done a video on how to how to do the thing you want to do. Right. So he YouTube like how to break up nicely with a girl. Right. Or something like that. And 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 so it was in my feed. And then I stumbled across this all these videos by this guy. And I was just like, what? Well, he's this. He seems to have found like a niche for himself. Very much so. Basically taking kind in of In the like, manosphere. Well, trying to take like the the principles of business and applying them to a relationship. Yes. Cuz you know, in you know a negotiation <laughs> went well when both sides feel like they got fucked somehow. Is is that is that true? Yeah, I mean I think anybody who's been divorced will feel that way. Like, <laughs> if you feel like you've been screwed over and the other party feels like they've been screwed over, then it was probably a fair divorce, right? Because you gave some and I can, you got some. Yeah, okay, right? that sounds reasonable. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. But to take that that way of being in a relationship, making it very adversarial, hmm. it... I feel like it like introduces a problem right from the very beginning. Well, and the thing is, 
there is no guarantees with human relationships ever. No. There's never a guarantee. You don't have your partner. You don't, there's no guarantees that any, if you do A, B, C, D, and E, everything's going to work out perfect and you're going to be together until you both die and everything's going to be amazing. Well, it's, it's amazing that the only way to be in a successful relationship is until one of you dies. Well, yeah. I mean, you did mention that in our monogamy one and two, which if you haven't listened to it, go ahead, it's a good, you know, go good back primer. and listen to it. Um, but the, but the thing is, you know, I've done a pretty deep dive into this manosphere red pill philosophy. Well, why don't you explain what all of that is before we get to why we're going to talk about this um, thing today? The red pill philosophy is a is a a matrix reference where, in if you take the blue pill, you're accepting the reality that everybody thinks is happening, where women are oppressed and there's a patriarchy and and that women are treated unfairly and that you know feminism needs to exist because to level the playing field to level the playing field which right. which that is what feminism is it is about equality for the sexes it isn't about one sex being above the other well not according to right to Rich cooper but this is this is the thing so um and so the red pill philosophy is is men that have turned against that kind of thinking and are engaged in um, this type of, uh, they call them MGTOWs, which are like men going their own way. M-G-T-O-W. Men going their own way. Right, okay. Um, MGTOW. Yeah, which I had to look that up. And I had to look a lot of things up. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away by this because, you know, there's the, there's connections to the pickup um, community, right. and it's a lot of it is very very misogynistic. Some of the big players in the manosphere, you know, red pill philosophy, they've been banned from Twitter and YouTube for being white nationalists, for being um, well, also having rape. all sorts of other questionable beliefs that yeah, like uh, you know, it's it's very right wing. Um, you know, dabbles into racist, very misogynistic. Even, you know, one guy was even banned for sort of being a rape promoting type, like those kinds of, of tweets and messages. I know you're making this the, the, the <laughs> a, painful face. A rape promoter. Yeah. Like I, the Don King of rape. Well, like I don't. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I. Anyway, I. It's, it's a dark hole that It's you a dark can get hole that in. I've fallen into, and, and I. And way less fun than a dark porn hole. Oh, those are so fun. Yeah. Because <laughs> at least you come at the end of it. Yeah, but then you feel bad about <laughs> what made you come. But, but, and I, so I did this deep dive into it because I'm, I, I think it's important for the audience is young men from their mid 20s or like early to mid 20s to mid 30s. I feel like that. Yeah. And, and so a lot of them are very inexperienced. Um, with adult relationships and romantic relationships and have an emotional immaturity that I think they're looking towards these men that put themselves forward as established, confident men that have all their shit together. Right. Here's here's how I have lived my life so far. Here are some of the mistakes that I made. Let me try and save you some time and you can learn from my mistakes and be more successful at having a relationship with a woman. 
Right. So there's that air of mentorship, but the problem and but the problem is there's so much misogyny floating around all of this. Some of it's very sage advice. Yeah. Um, so I'm concerned about the young men that are targeted by this advice and this movement. Because how do they pull apart that good advice from the kind of veiled misogyny? That well, they can't because they're up. young and inexperienced, and they don't and impressionable and impressionable. And I'm also concerned about the young women who are encountering these men. Right. Or encountering this advice and being like, oh shit, maybe I need to change the way I am. Maybe I need to be more feminine. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, this guy, so this guy's writing a book now. Yeah. And he helpfully puts this chapter <laughs> entitled 20 Red Flags. Yeah. And if you, how did you get this? Did you, you signed up for his mailing list or something? <laughs> If is if you subscribe to the email list, the newsletter, then you can get this chapter. So, but that's now what this dude has your email address. He doesn't know who I am. I didn't. I didn't confirm it. I just got. I just wanted the chapter. So, so I have it now. So he, if you want to know who B is, Rich Cooper, you're gonna have to mine that email list. <laughs> so so, I've I've printed it up, and you you might hear some pages rustling here as we kind of go through it. But I thought that we could go through. Like, are, did you want to do a point by point? Well, let's just some of them. Some of them require more, right? Because more unpacking than others. Some of them are pretty straightforward. And yeah. and listen, I want to give credit where credit is due. Here, there is some good advice in here. You want to be cognizant of a lot of the points that are in here, but everything else that it goes with, you know, it's like it's like some steak that is served with a side of bullshit. Like I, you know, I, I know it's not tasty. That's gross. I know. I had steak for lunch. That's why. <laughs> that's, that's where that metaphor came and from. And I didn't have shit bullshit on the side. I had tomatoes and it was delicious. It was delicious. Okay. So, um, he prefaces this chapter that's by saying like, look, I'm not telling you what to do, but if you don't follow my advice, you kind of do it at your own peril. Uh, and that if you're a woman that reads this chapter and gets triggered or gets upset by some of these flags, you need to do a little bit of self-examination and figure out why it triggers you, take ownership, do the work, maybe get some counseling so that you don't present these these red flags. Well, and I, I just want to, you know, I just want to jump in there. And there were a couple of things that, you know, he'll talk about this woman has more red flags than a Chinese communist parade. Or because you can have more than one, obviously. Or the juice, and the juice just isn't worth the squeeze. It's clever. It's catchy. A little simplistic. Well, when we're talking about complicated, nuanced human relationships, but I also wanted to mention, you know, this Rich Cooper guy, along with Rolo Tomasi and and some others, were guest speakers at this Twenty One Convention. Have you ever heard about the Twenty One Convention? Like the Forever Twenty One store? No. Kind of the opposite. No, no. Um, it's it's run by this dude Anthony Johnson, and it's basically a men's rights movement convention. Okay. So to teach men how to be alpha, to teach men how to, you know, um, like some of the some of the um, lectures were called. One was marrying Medusa: How to Survive a Female Psychopath. Another one was map of the sexual marketplace another one was you never have to chase women again and another one was like 
date like a rock star. <laughs> rock stars don't date silly. They just get groupies That's to right. blow them behind stage. That's right. Because, you know, they don't have to be concerned about it. But um, I guess last year they also had an accompanying convention called the 22 convention. And it was running at the same time as the 21 convention. But it was for women. Okay. Um, That's cute. 21 plus one. Like the men in their plus one. And their plus one becomes yeah. 22. Um, it was it, the, the, the name of it was Make Women Great Again. Ugh. Yeah. That assumes a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it claimed that it would raise your femininity by 500%. So, wow, that's a plus. Where's where's the femininity scale that they're using I here? <laughs> I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Are you able to like grow out your hair and turn it a natural color in those days? Well, in okay, those so days? That, that, that's one of them. It's, it's, like, it's like a Stepford Wife training convention. Well, and this is what I, this is... I mean, and presumably there's a follow-up chapter to this that will come out in his book. Mm-hmm. But this is these are all the things to avoid. Okay. But what... Like, he he says, like, there are women out there that will add value to your life if yeah. you keep the wrong ones out. But, but he has... it. I, like, my overall impression as I read this chapter was that I was, like, trying to figure out what kind of woman... We, could you present to him and, and he would go, this is a high this value is, woman. Yeah. And the only thing that goes to her mind is like June Cleaver, like yeah. the 50s housewife. The Stepford wife. The yeah. Stepford wife. No opinion, always manicured and looking great, food on the table, doesn't have an opinion. Like It's a mansplaining event, basically. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, and, you know, they talk, he talks a lot about alpha males and beta males what? or beta cucks. Yep. And like a beta a beta male would would accept these red flags and make excuses. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that betas just wait around for the alphas to be done choosing their mates and then whatever's left over the betas get. Right. Um, which that's not how humans group. Our social mm. groups are not built that way. No. Um like like, what do you think of as an alpha male? Like, what do you think they're talking about with an alpha male? I feel like the movie star, good looks, money, nice car, good job. Athlete. Athlete, like good, like nice body, six foot whatever. Okay. You know, chiseled jaw. Like the All kind right. of like the idea, like like every kind of sup- male superhero sure. in like a Marvel movie or something like that. Okay. That's like your alpha male, right? If, so if he's, he's going to dominate in, in, in a situation. Sure. But, and that the beta male is like the simpering, kind of a little bit pudgy, maybe a little overly intellectual, introverted, not super athletic. Perfect example. Jerry. (laughs) In the cartoon, the Dan Harmon, Justin Roiland, Rick and Morty cartoon, the husband of... Rick's of daughter Beth, of, Beth. of Beth. Beth's husband, yeah, yeah, uh, is the quintessential like simpering in your mind, yeah, or just, yeah, yeah, like yeah. just good at nothing, capitulates to everything, mm-hmm. and they actually have a really funny episode where they they go to marriage counseling and and like they have this like technology to pull out like what your partner sees of you and like his wife sees him as this like slug, yeah, that just like you know. <laughs> 
gives his ass to everybody. Like, just fuck me in the ass because yeah. I'm like, I'm just a horrible. I just want you to like me. Yeah, just whatever it takes, right? Right. Like, which, which sniveling kind of. Yeah. It's it's a false dichotomy because not everybody is going to be as confident in every situation. Not all social situations are are equal. Not every intellectual or every conversation is equal. Right. So different people are going to have different levels of, of command or confidence in different situations. That's how that's how complex and nuanced humans are. Well, like, right? you know, that athlete that everybody mm-hmm. might think is, you know, the alpha... alpha the epitome the alpha of alpha. ...is great on the sport ball field, but <laughs> then give him a guitar or have him teach a physics class. Oh my God. You know what? He is going to lose to Brian May of Queen every time because... Brian May has a PhD in astrophysics yeah. and plays the guitar. Yeah. So, but put him on a sport ball field and he you might know, not be very good. Oh my at god! It. Could you imagine if he could play rugby too? Like what? He, uh, he'd be a triple threat. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but so that's not the way human social groups are organized, and so that it it starts out on a false premise, which you know, assuming that all women like the same thing, and all women are the same, and all men are the same, yeah. and that 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 is just. I mean, that's one of the amazing things about relationships is that people are multifaceted and people have different preferences, thankfully. Yeah. Otherwise, right? we would all be boring in the same. Totally boring. So I, I, before we dive, because we're going to dive into it now. Okay. I don't want this, I don't intend for this to be a hit piece on Rich Cooper or anything along that. Like he's entitled to his opinions. Absolutely. They're all entitled to their opinions. But we disagree with the way that this advice is being given out. And so I think we both wanted to do this episode as a way to try and address some of what we believe are the false narratives that are being put forth in, in these, these 20 red Absolutely. Flags. I would like to pull out the good advice. Because there is some good advice in here. And that I think that's what makes it so dangerous and so tricky. For sure. Is because how does a young male or a young woman pull out the useful advice from the misogynistic adversarial advice. Well, and this is essentially kind of the problem with social media information and news across the board, is it not? Hmm. There's often a little nugget of truth that's the most wrapped dangerous. in a whole bunch of garbage. Yeah. And people accept the whole wad because it's like, well, I know this is true, right? But the rest of it is bullshit. So, yeah, I, I and you're right. Everybody's entitled to their beliefs and the way they want to do stuff. But I think it's dangerous. I think it's dangerous for young men. It's dangerous for young women. And I wanted to, I want to unpack it. And okay. I, I think it's, and it's, I don't think it's just me that finds it dangerous. I think you do too. And I think as a man, it's unfair to you voice that type of thinking on like you have sons i do my sons are older mine are much younger yours are younger but yours are coming up in this in this arena yeah and so you know this is the kind of stuff that's going to affect them too so and so is your daughter well yeah she's gonna if she's heterosexual or bisexual she's gonna maybe date a guy that follows these kind of right. guidelines or something, right? Okay. Okay, so red flag number one, because I've got it all printed out here, okay. uh, is daddy issues. Now, he gives a lot of time to this, but 
what he says is that if a woman doesn't have a good relationship with her father or had an acrimonious relationship with him growing up, then she likely has some degree of daddy issue. Any woman that doesn't have a good, solid relationship with a strong, masculine, and virtuous father in her life isn't going to value a masculine, virtuous alpha male. And uh, one of the other concerns linked to uh, women with daddy issues is that, and he doesn't have a citation or a source for this, but that it's often tied to borderline personality disorder. And now, I did look that up. You did. Did you I find did the study that, that, yeah. that links daddy yeah. issues I, I to did. BPD? Yes, I did look it up. And what I found was what they studied were um, something called symbiotic relationships between w- the, the relationship they looked at with single mothers. But I'm, I'm sure you would see the same thing with single fathers because and I've seen movies like this. Where you have like the single dad raising the daughter, right? right? And the types of relationships that get formed between parent and child is what they call a symbiotic relationship. And I think it would most commonly be um, when you go, my daughter's my best friend. Right. Right? Um, Boundaries. Boundaries. It's a bad idea. It's a a poor... um, Mother... Like parent-child relationship because... It's a fraught strategy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I understand where that's coming from. Um, but, but the fact that it's, that there's no room for, um, that, that there's only one way that this can go. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if, if you, if you've had a problem as a woman, if I've had a problematic relationship with my father growing up that I am going to be fraught with daddy issues and I'm not going to be a suitable partner for any man especially only only a beta cuck man will I be a suitable partner for and it, and and that women with daddy issues and borderline personality disorders operate in extremes you know they can be super freaky in bed and very classy on the outside which you know seems like what everybody wants but that, that, they like also an, have, that sounds like an usher song it is a freak in the, in the sheets lady, lady in the, in the lady in the lady in the streets but a freak in the bed and you know they you know they're they'll carry this fear of fatherlessness through to like abandonment issues and they're just always going to assume they're going to be abandoned he has a strategy on how you can determine if the girl you're dating has daddy and what's issues. that well you pose a, a completely normal question like tell me about your parents growing up to get a sense on whether or not she came from a quote unquote well-adjusted home with two parents and who and- are you to make that determination Everybody's family's fucked. I'm putting I, my hands I, up I, in the air. I, like, I, can you not agree with that? Like, like it, it's shown that men with shitty mothers sometimes become serial killers, but not all of them do. Mm-hmm. Right? All, all stereotypes are based on some kernel of truth. Whether they're, it's they're, bad drivers or good course. with money or whatever it is. So, you know, women that come from fatherless homes... Some of them have these have these issues, but I don't think you can extrapolate that across everybody. But there's also people that come from from homes where they're doted on and they're a spoiled brat. So how do you deal with that? Right? There's a certain amount of emotional maturity that people have to show in a relationship in order for it to work. It doesn't matter, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just 
Well, well, one of the issues with Rich Cooper's thing to do with with daddy issues is that if there's no father there, then that single mother household becomes a, a petri dish for feminist ideas. Oh, those toxic feminine toxic, feminist yeah, well, that's, ideas. That that that's well, that's that's another flag to go into, but but and the idea that that if 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 she expresses disdain for her father, she's unlikely to value men in general. Yeah. Maybe her father's a dick. Yeah. How about that possibility? And maybe she has issues with her dad because her dad was shitty. Or maybe her mom was shitty. Or maybe they're both shitty. Or maybe neither of them are. Everybody has agency. Hmm. And you know what? Everybody, everybody could probably do with a little bit of therapy to get through their childhood. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, nobody... nobody like it takes more effort in our country to get a driver's license than it does to have a child. I think in pretty much every country. It- yeah, they just hand you a baby at the hospital and go, "Here you go." I mean, presumably it's your baby, but <laughs> they just give you a baby and go, "Here you go. Here you go. Don't kill it." And you go, "Fuck, I don't know if I put this car seat in right." And they're like, "Well, eh, that's not our problem anymore." That, that's your job. Yeah, bring don't it back. kill the baby. Bring it back in twenty four hours. You just want to make sure you haven't killed it yet. And that, that's it. And then that's the last checkup, unless somebody calls and complains. That's not true. You got to take you got to take them like every couple of weeks or something to make sure that they're growing okay. Maybe, but that's up to you. To do I, that. I guess it is. Yeah, right? I guess it is. Anyway, so you were talking about you know women that grow up in single mothered homes yes. are like in a petri dish of feminist. Ideals, which brings us to number two. Yeah, which is red flag number two. So, and I I have a, this is a hard one for me to kind of unpack because his definition of feminism mm-hmm. is very different than what I understand feminism to be. Mm-hmm. So, he says, many Western women today either identify as a feminist or have welcomed toxic feminist beliefs into their schools of thought. They're indoctrinated to believe that men are privileged, that men hold women back, and that men succumb to the patriarchy. Well, historically, that is true. Right. And so Ruth, I understand. Ruth we watched a documentary on Ruth Bader Ginsburg where she built an entire career changing laws that discriminated against women based on them just being women. In fact, she began that career because despite being on the Harvard Law Review and graduating the top of her class, she could not get a job as a lawyer in New York City anywhere because she was told she'd be taking a job away from a man. Even though other men that graduated with her recommended her for positions and and partners were like, "Um, I don't think so. Yeah, no, there's a man that's more deserving of that. Well, and and thankfully, according to Rich Cooper, you can easily spot these toxic feminists. You mean besides from besides the ones that are wearing their notorious RBG yeah, right. t-shirts? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. He said that... Hey, my birthday's coming up. I just wanted to let is you that know. That, what, okay, okay, good. Okay. Should I get a nasty woman t-shirt? Um, <laughs> no? Oh my God, we just finished watching Dummy. Yeah, a show on Quibi. It was really funny about it. Oh my god, it's so, <laughs> it's so good. It's it's so good. It's 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 brilliant the way they do it because it's like little eight minute episodes, little mm-hmm. bite sized episodes, and um, yeah, it's is is basically Dan Harmon's girlfriend. Yeah, and I, and we can't tell if this is like a biographical thing or I think it maybe loosely Something, but yeah. or he was just like yeah write whatever you want 
And Anna Kendrick is phenomenal. She's she's in it. The, she's Dan Harmon's girlfriend in this. Yeah, who finds who trips over his his sex doll, and she is animated. Yeah, she can talk, and she can talk, and it's you know what? I don't want to tell you too much. It's but good. Look it's, it up. It's amazing. Anyway, she wears the the sex doll wears a nasty girl t shirt. Yeah, in one of the episodes. <laughs> So feminists, devout lifetime fe- feminists in okay. Rich Cooper's eyes, are easy to spot because they usually avoid traditional feminine cues and instead opt for shorter, unnaturally dyed hair. Think bright blue, purple, or red. Mm-hmm. Mutilate their body with several tattoos and or facial piercings and are often overweight and usually dress in ill-fitted clothes. That's rude. And that, the picture that that paints to me when he says that mm-hmm. is what... The stereotypical kind of butch lesbian, short hair, stocky, which, dressing in plaid. Which, if you're not if you're not a lesbian into butch lesbians, why are you looking in that direction as part of your dating pool? Like what? Like who? And you know what? They don't want to date you anyway. Well, and he says red that, pill dude. Well, he he says that feminists, like the, the non-feminists, generally. Conversely, keep themselves fit, are well dressed, and groomed to maintain their physical appearance. And this is what I this is this is the line that I Sometimes really struggle with. Sometimes we feminists this. go to the gym too. Well, that's it, right? You're like we a hide ninja we hide in heels. So, but this is this is one of the things I found so problematic about this. And there's a couple things here, but he, he says, and this is what I, I like. I disagree with this. That feminism preaches radically leftist political views that fight for unlimited free abortion, elevate single mothers on a pedestal, and claim that masculinity is toxic. Feminists hate it when the state imposes limits on abortion and tries to force them to be mothers. However, they will more than happily utilize state family law to force men to be fathers, and that it doesn't seek to make women better or more feminine. Feminism seeks to make women into terrible versions of men. <laughs> it's not saying a lot for men, is it? No, it's not. He also talks about, he touches on the Me Too movement. Okay. In this, in this one. And he, uh, I quote, several great men fall to the false claims of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Great men. Great men like Who, Cosby. Who's fallen? Cosby? In Weinstein? Jail. Weinstein? Jail. R. Kelly? Jail. Epstein? Dead in jail. <laughs> Um, like what, what is that supposed to mean? That, that is, that is an inflammatory statement and men are supposed to go, yeah, that's right. We get falsely accused all the time. When in reality, about at, at the high end, 2% of sexual assault claims are false, which means, I mean, I'm no mathematician, but that means that 98% are not false. Well, and the and the and the the legal system creates so many barriers for women that come forward in these kinds of things, yeah, and and scrutinizes them, and and in a lot of cases puts the burden of proof on the woman. Yes, you know her conduct, her behavior. It's a how he much said, she, she said. How much did she have to drink? Was she inviting this sort of attention? Which is why, which is why these men were called to task for their behavior because there were dozens. Yeah. Of women that came forward. I don't want to get too far afoot of, of this, but um, but the idea that feminism feminism teaches women to be victims. No, women have been victimized throughout history, and they don't they don't even want to be called victims anymore. They they Sur- identify as survivors. Survivors, yeah, of harassment. Um, I just watched that 
Athlete A, that Larry Nasser on Netflix, um, on Netflix that documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, after the piece was published, um, when the women came forward, um, 500 victims came forward. Wow. 500, 500 gymnasts, young, all young female? women, all female women came forward. And, and, and Larry Nasser was the, like the team physician for USA he was, Gymnastics? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Um, but so I think that, that, that ass- assertion that feminism is about learning how to be a victim, I, I take issue with that. Well, this, and I mean, this is the crux of, of his argument. When, when, when his understanding of feminism is that it just teaches women to be shittier versions of men. Doesn't then, say much about men, does well, it? Well, but then, but then that just puts everything out of whack, right? It's like everything is out of focus because he's operating from a, from a point of false understanding, misunderstanding, woeful ignorance. I don't, of I don't know. Of simple terms. A misunderstanding of a simple term. Yeah. And when, and once, if that's your foundation of what feminism is, everything else on top of that is going to be Because my understanding of what feminism is, is just equality between the sexes. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what it is. It, it, it has a bit of a branding problem. Yes. Because I think that men, certain men, these. Fall along this other version of what feminism or definition of what feminism that is. It, that feminism is about. You've been fucking us over all of this time. Now it's time for you to pay. Now we're going to get you and, back. And just one more thing about the, the, those family laws. Those laws are in place because there obviously have been enough men who have left... Absconded with the, on their responsibilities. Yes. Yeah. The, you know, the, the physiological, emotional, financial burden of a child is, you know, the investment... From a woman's perspective versus a man's is clearly much different. And what do you like? What are you going to do? You're going to take that baby and you're going to leave it with some dude and go, "Yep, sorry, I'm I'm out." Well, and even like family law has changed. You know, my parents split up when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and that family law back, you know, family law then definitely favored my mother. Mm-hmm. And my dad had a real hard go of it. His very his, hard go. His yeah. obligations and responsibilities were way higher mm-hmm. than my experience in family law mm-hmm. going through my divorce and it being much more equitable and not being mother father, but being who makes what money, who's going to have how much time with right. the children and an a leveling and create, of the, creating similar environments for the children. In bo- like that there cannot be a have and a have not household. No. Regardless of who has primary custody and who makes more money. Because that, crea- that. That, creates, that creates an environment for parental alienation where yeah. the kids go, I don't want to go to daddy's. It's shitty. It's like that Mrs. Doubtfire Right. Where he had, to, he had to, Robin Williams, the father in the movie, had to pretend to be a, a English female, like, housekeeper nanny just to get time with his kids. That shit would not happen no. nowadays. And she lived in this beautiful brick home in San Francisco, and he lived in this shitty apartment in the crappy part of town with, like, cardboard boxes for furniture. Like, that That doesn't, that's not, that doesn't fly anymore. Is there still room for improvement on family 100%. law? 100%. But again, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, her first case arguing about discrimination on the basis of gender was because a man was denied a benefit 
As a caregiver. As a caregiver because he was a man. And so, sure, it cuts both ways. And that's what feminism is about. It's about equality for the sexes. If men are being discriminated against, that's not okay. If women are being discriminated against, that's not okay. It's not about superiority. It's about equality. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Number three. So, number three, I don't have much to say about this one, and he doesn't either. Uh, Number three red flag is the unhappy and the unlucky. So, basically, people that just constantly seem to be downers, nothing ever goes right for them. A lot of what we've been watching on that 90 day fiance, (laughs) there's quite a few of the fiances that are just these like down and out, like just nothing goes right for them. So they're going to go overseas and find a a spouse. Yeah. I mean, you don't want somebody that is just going to be a constant bummer. Like that's not, that's no fun. Someone someone who chooses to be a victim in their own life is not going to be a good partner for you. And the only problem that I have with this one is the way (laughs) he words it. Um, don't be a captain, save a hoe. And I just find that so chauvinistic and derogatory of a term. Yeah. Nobody, there are lots of men who need saving too, that they don't make good partners either. No. So just because, just because somebody is having a rough time or they don't want to take any steps to improve their own life doesn't mean they're a hoe. No. Next. Red flag number four, that she competes with you. Mm-hmm. He writes, a woman that constantly tries to compete with you might seem cute at first, but it's a test of your competency as a man, and it's an underhanded behavior that ultimately aims to reduce your worth to her. It's a red flag because when women compete against you, she thinks she is better than you, and a woman th- that thinks that she is better than you will not respect you, his emphasis, and mm-hmm. will ultimately try to undermine you. Mm-hmm. Women don't try to compete with you when she believes your value is greater, but instead will admire you. Okay. I know you got a lot to say. About no, this. I don't have a lot to say. No? What do you have to say? Well, this is his, and he's talked about it in some of his videos. I don't know if he, I can't remember if he talks about it in these chapters, but he talks about the concept of hypergamy, mm-hmm. which is, let me see if I get this right, because I wasn't familiar with this term previously, and but it's not my area of anthropology, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically that he has a, like a really eloquent way of saying it that that women don't care about your struggles. They just wait to the finish line and fuck the winners. Mm-hmm. That a woman is constantly a woman's sexual strategy is to constantly be looking for the best possible um, contributor to her. She's her, looking for the upgrade. Baby. Yeah. Always. We That women always move laterally or upwards we right. don't date down is what and, he's and saying. if she's competing with you then she's she's on the on the lookout for something better well if she thinks she's better than you she's going to be on the lookout for something better do you think that's true i think there are women like that mm-hmm. ronda rousey has a great video about um the concept of the dnb 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 not the place where you get your license that's the DMV. That's the DMV okay. in the States. Yeah. The DNB, the do nothing bitches. <laughs> Which the idea being that they don't have any of their own self-development, talents, game, goals, self-betterment, any of that kind of stuff. It's just looking to hook on to whoever can give them the best life. Right. Okay. Um, and... If a woman thinks she's better than you, she's going to start looking for something more. You brought up 90 Day. We're, we've gone back through oh all the, the... 
What started as a like, this is a fun diversion has become a bit of an obsession to like. It's it's a fascinating anthropological study. PhD in 90 day and it's spinoffs. But, you know, there there are, you know, there's a couple on there right now who the woman is just, I don't give a fuck about your feelings. I don't care what you have to do. I want my $45,000 wedding gown. I want my, I want you to pay for my portfolio so that I can start my modeling career. I want $10,000 a month to spend on whatever the fuck I want. And you don't give me that. I'm going back to Russia because fuck you. That's what you're there for. You promised me I could have anything I wanted and you better provide that. And if you can't, I'll find somebody who can. And that, that is the stereotype. The gold digger. Yeah, and and that's that's hypergamy is a nice way of talking about gold diggers. Okay, right. Um, again, there's that false dichotomy of the alpha male, mm. where women want to be with someone who she thinks is better than they are. I feel like our relationship has complementary strengths. Right. And, right. You're good at a lot of things. I'm good at a lot of things. Some of those things. We're like a Venn diagram. Right. There's some an overlap. The, some of the things that we're good at are the same, but there are some things that you're amazing at that I'm really not good at. And there's some things that I'm amazing at that you're not really good at. Like, I admire you, but I can still choke you out. Yeah, easily. Right? You, you know, you admire me, but you could still feed me to sharks if you could, you know, you could leave me behind to, for, to get eaten by sharks if you wanted to. If we were, if we were underwater or something like that. Yeah, like, like you, you have, you have a wealth of experience and education about diving and the different types of diving, and I have no idea about any of that. You spent a lot of time doing PhD field work in your in your area of study. You know tons about that kind of stuff and about nature and 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 biodiversity and. All kinds of stuff that I have no idea. I admire the things that you've achieved yeah. in your life. You're you are the same yeah. with me. And so, why does somebody have to win? Yeah. Why is it an Why like, is are, it a competition? Are there people that get into a relationship and then find something about the other person and then go like, I gotta be like, I gotta become a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu because that's your thing, and I just gotta be better than you at it. Like, and the thing is, if you decided to start Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and you were really good at it. I feel like I'd be proud of you. Yeah. And, and I would and I would take part in that celebration. Well, and it would benefit you as well because you could up your game by having a, a training partner always around. Exactly. Right? I mean, you're good right now. Thank you. Well, right now, I, now all I know is to just turtle and just try and <laughs> I don't know how to do anything. Turtle to guard. Turtle to guard. I turtle just, to guard. I just guard and defend. I don't really know what to do beyond that. That's okay. You're doing you're doing well. <laughs> all right. Red number red flag number five is if uh, your woman keeps men from her past around. And this kind of ties into that hypergamy option that women like to have options. Um, a recent survey, again, no citation or any way to verify this. To be fair, citations and notes may be coming in the actual chapter. It's when he possible, releases but the book. you could footnote know. this pretty easily. Okay. A recent study showed that almost half of all married women admitted to having a backup bracket guy plan. Uh, if you're getting into an LTR and she wants you to abandon your sexual strategy of unlimited access to unlimited women, then she, his emphasis, needs to burn the ship on the shores of her new life and cut all emotional ties with other men. Now, some women end up as an alpha widow, which is loosely defined as when a woman pines for a high-value alpha that didn't commit to her in earlier years. And she might not be in contact with him anymore, but she sees him as the one that got away. 
and she keeps a place for him in her head and heart. And if she doesn't see you as her best option, then, then that's a problem as far as he's concerned. So, How do you feel about my having male friends? Look, if I if I was to go out on a date with a woman mm-hmm. and the entirety of the date she just talked about her shitty exes the whole time Mm -hmm. my mind isn't gonna go to wow i'm glad she got out of that okay i'm gonna go instead to like what the fuck's wrong with this chick or i'm glad she hates all of the men except me yeah like i'm the next one that (laughs) she's gonna hate like (laughs) like what did these guys do to to her i i don't see it as a bad sign that people are on good terms with their exes Mm -hmm. and in our situation, you have several male friends that predate our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like any of them are a threat. And I think I think that's one of the big issues with this Sounds entire... Sounds like a trust issue. Well, yeah, but one of the big issues with this entire chapter is it assumes that monogamy is the only way that you're going to do this. And that 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 everything is a threat to that monogamous bond. Okay, just just for argument's sake, let's say that we're accepting monogamy as the default position for all of these relationships that he's talking about. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Let's say you and I were monogamous. Right. Okay. And I have male friends. Okay. You know my male friends. Yeah. Okay. I don't have so I don't I, I don't worry about you falling on their dicks randomly because you know, you just can't control yourself if one of these guys is around. This maybe they want to fuck me. Maybe you have agency. Maybe, maybe they do, but I have agency and a nose for bias. Right. <laughs> so if they start talking shit about you, I'm not going to go. Oh, you're right. He's shitty, and follow my back with my legs in the air. I'm going to go. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. How you feel that it's okay to talk shit about my man? Maybe. Maybe this isn't a friendship that I want to continue mm. because clearly you're just here to sabotage. But you know that about me. Yeah, so I don't have any inklings with any of the stuff that you might do with your male friends that I'm not around. The other aspect is that men and women know different things and experience things differently and have their different biases. So, in fact, my male friends have saved you a lot of grief sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. On occasion, it's happened, yeah. Right. Where my I, you know, I've gone to a male friend and said, you know, this here's the situation. What do you think about that? And instead of saying you need to tell that guy to go fuck himself. And he said, you know what, guys are just stupid. Sometimes we're just stupid like that. You know how he feels about you. You know what kind of relationship you have. He's a great guy, you know, and he actually was on your side. And just said, you know what? I, I don't think this is a big deal. And I was like, all right, cool. And it it actually helped me a lot. To give you that other perspective, right? Yeah. yeah. Because I think women, I think women a lot of times when they're hearing stuff, they hear it through their own filter of stuff that they're concerned about or that they've been, if they've been burned before and they hear a situation that's similar, they'll be like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. You need to get rid of him. You need to stop this now, right? Yeah. yeah. Whereas men are like, eh, it's really not that big of a deal men are just we're just dumb sometimes right yeah we are dumb sometimes you're cute though uh, thank you but we are you're dumb welcome. sometimes all right okay number six flag number six poor with money mm-hmm. um yeah like if you get married to somebody their finances become your finances for better or worse even if you don't 
if you're in a situation where you are pay- you are as the man, if you are expected to pay for everything all the time because she just never seems to have any money, is that is that a relationship you want to be in? Well, some guys do. Some guys want to look after somebody and just take care of them and it gives them a rush or makes them feel like they've got something to add if, you know, their money is the only thing that uh, that their woman is there for. I don't know. It just seems a very shallow thing to do. So, I mean, yeah. Well, this reminds me of like Love is Blind. Do you remember do you remember Love is Blind with Barnett and Amber? Yeah. Yeah. And he meets her and he was like it was like if it was a cartoon his eyes would have like like yeah, right yeah. out of his head and he was just like holy shit man I just hit pay dirt, mm-hmm. right? And she's crazy and she's wild and she's fun. She's wild and fun and extroverted and she likes to drink and party and have a great time and I'm sure she I'm sure she fucks. loves to fuck in yeah. hot tubs and shit and and that's great. He was just like, this is amazing. And then they get down to brass tacks. They're getting ready to get married. And she's like, so I have all kinds of college debt, but I didn't actually finish college. And also I have a Sephora credit card, which, I mean, you've seen some of my Sephora orders. You know how problematic that can be. Yeah. And he was kind of like, holy shit. Like, and no I don't job. Know. And no job. Like whenever they brought her up on screen, it was like, Former, former tank mechanic. Yeah. And it was like, what do you do now? I guess nothing. Nothing. And that, that made him take a step back and go, mm. wow, like she's, that was the first time he kind of realized she's irresponsible. And I think there are some of these red flags that allude to something else. Mm. Poor judgment, yeah. emotional immaturity, um, irresponsibility with adulting. I hate yeah. that. I hate that used as a verb, but and so I think with this, if somebody is bad with money, why are you bad with money? Hmm. That you know, women that are like, I need retail therapy. That alludes to an emotional immaturity and inability to deal with reality and be a responsible adult mm. because it makes it look like you're just a damsel in distress waiting for some dude with more money than you to come and save your ass. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm a damsel in control. <laughs> I don't need anybody. No, that was very I was very appealing was that you didn't need me to do shit for you. You can ask me to do stuff and like I mean you can do anything but reach the top shelf. That's that's about I'm the really only short. thing. You're little, but that's okay. You can get a step stool for that or me to reach those things. <laughs> but you didn't need anything. It's not like you were just waiting for me to show up so that I could just like save you from the mess that you've created. So I get that. Like I like, was just white knuckling my independent life as long as I could until yeah. somebody came along to make that better. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Is that it? It 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 helps illustrate potential other issues that are there. But I also think I think there are a lot of men that are bad with money. Oh hell yeah, and irresponsible with money. Yeah. And and you know what? I would pass on a serious relationship with with a dude that couldn't provide for himself. And in fact, I did do that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There, I, I was in a past relationship who, where I made a lot more money than oh, the yeah. dude I was dating. Yeah, okay. And it it really didn't become an issue until there became this expectation that I was just going to cover everything because I made more money. And there was no no, no effort or plan to better his situation. Not even... Not even for me, so he could do stuff for me. I just wanted him to be able to take care of himself. And that became a problem. And so 
I passed on the relationship and ended the relationship because I don't expect anybody to take care of me, but I'm sure as hell not going to take care of anybody else either. You need to at least be able to take care of yourself. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So this next red flag, number seven, is probably the only one that I don't have much to say about because I totally agree with it Mm -hmm. in that violent women. Yeah. Any violent tendencies, he writes, are a massive red flag and I wholeheartedly agree. On either side. I don't think anybody should be in a relationship with somebody if there is any kind of violence or abuse, whether it's physical or emotional or anything like that. That is None of that is acceptable. And if you're with a girl or or you're with a man and they exhibit this in any form, it's unacceptable. This is actually one situation where I feel that men are discriminated against in this arena. Men don't report domestic violence because they will not be believed or they will be seen as weak or um there's there's very few places for them to go yeah to escape something like that and i think that what a a lot of people don't understand about violence against men is it's not necessarily being hit or you know the 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 way that male on female violence Mm -hmm. is is manifested yeah it's different things like you know fucking up their car or throwing things at them or you know like it's 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 a a lot it's not the same and if the cops are going to show up more likely than not they're going to arrest the man or charge the man because well there's a presumption of guilt on the man's side of it because most of the time that's the case most most domestic violence is men against women but not always and i think that that that's and and he gives really good advice about using your cell phone as a shield up against your chest record that document i saw a video in a parking lot of a woman just going ape shit on her dude i don't know if it was her husband or a boyfriend or what and nobody did anything like i feel like if a woman was getting the shit beaten out of her in a parking lot in you know in in plain sight of a bunch of people that somebody would step in and do something and nobody did anything. Obviously there was somebody filming it and nobody stepped in. And no. this poor guy was just was just, just taking, taking it. it. Yep. Because the minute he fights back, he becomes the aggressor and, and what? Then, and then he gets arrested, he loses his kids, he loses whatever. Yeah. Right? So I think in the, this is the one case where I feel like good advice. M- men are it is good advice mm. that as soon as there's violence expressed get the fuck out of that relationship because that's not going to get any better. No, no, no. It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Number eight, extreme jealousy. Women want to be with a man that other women want to fuck, but they don't want their man fucking other women. Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I think extreme jealousy falls under that kind of violence as well like because I feel like it becomes a form of emotional abuse when you become extremely controlling about your partner. Like, again, on 90 Day... There's this one woman who's got a fiance overseas and like, I just finished eating, baby. Show me a picture of the empty plate, you know, <laughs> or like my phone got stolen. Send me a picture of the phone. I'm like, but it got stolen. How can you send a picture? Just Show a picture me. of nothing. Like, mm. but, but that kind of control that comes out of that jealousy is not healthy. He does say that a little bit of jealousy, doesn't call it jealousy, calls it competition anxiety. Okay. Is a good thing. And I think actually that's what being in a non-traditional relationship keeps keeps that. And, and it, even competition 
anxiety is the wrong word, mm. but it's that heightened sense of desire for your partner because you get to see them through new eyes all the time, right? right. So, um, was, was it you or someone else when we were watching the um, where the what would you do where the waitress comes over and it's a setup, right? And the waitress comes over and flirts super, super hard with the husband. Okay. And the wife is sitting there just freaking the fuck out going, what the fuck? Because this waitress is just, I mean, it's a setup. She's an actress. So she's over the top flirting. Like, wow, do you work out? And and the wife is just like, what the fuck is going on? Bill comes with her phone number on it. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, um, just to see what these women are going to do. And first of all, I don't, I don't think it's cool to gaslight people like that. I, yeah. I think that's, but, but, and not to, not to plug the non-traditional relationship again, but when you and I go out, I like it when the waitress flirts with you. I flirt with her too. Yeah. <laughs> she just thinks I'm being nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's cute. But I like that. I like when women come and flirt with you because right. it's like. It reinforces your belief of like my attractiveness or my, uh, my well he opens that he opens that up with saying women want to be with a fuckable man yeah how do you know he's fuckable unless other women are going to flirt with him right or how do you know that I, right like yeah. i i find it so interesting that monogamy demands that you shut down everything attractive about you Mm -hmm. because the worst thing in the world is for other people to find you fuckable except when nobody else finds you fuckable your partner goes "Eh," and they don't find you fuckable either Mm. does that make sense no no i i mean i i find you fuckable already thank you but when other women look at you appreciatively or you know kind of in casual conversation put their hand on you or something I get a little charge out of that. And it's not jealousy because jealousy is about a fear of losing something. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't have not that fear. That. Yeah. And again, that's that's more emotional insecurity and, and that. So, um, and yes, if um, he, t- he talks about how women snoop, extreme women yeah. will snoop in your shit. Yeah, like count, count condoms <laughs> in your drawer. Yeah. What? Who, like I don't know. I've not. I've not experienced that. I, I've never counted condoms. No, you've never gone over to somebody's house and been like, how many con- kept track of the condoms there between no, visits? No, like, no. Like you know, where you you. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. That's a weird thing. That seems like a lot of effort he, that you he, could put into a, the relationship in a positive way. If you have to play detective, it's time to go. Yeah. It's already over. Okay. Last one we're going to talk about because we're kind of running long on time here oh, wait, uh, wait. in this episode. Oh, okay. All right. Is um, red flag number nine, party girls. Women with boyfriends don't party. Yeah. Most women under the age of 27 that have never been in a long-term relationship are in their party years. If you met your girl at a nightclub, bar, or other social event, and she claims to be relationship material, but still continues to party several nights a week, you have two options. Tell her that women with boyfriends don't go out partying. If she continues, you walk away. Kind of like judgy. Mm-hmm. Or keep her only as a plate. And his idea of like spinning plates is like you just... Right. You don't Dating take them multiple serious. women. Yeah, friend with benefits. Somebody that right. you fuck, but you're not, you're not, uh, you're not committing to. Uh, and he said that men have evolved to require fidelity from the women they have invested it. 
as a step in ensuring paternity. This is not jealousy. Most men instinctively want to know that his woman is sexually exclusive with him, again, assuming monogamy. And this is the weirdest one. Do not fall for the new age beta male narrative of polyamory. It is a mating strategy for weak beta men that must resign himself to sharing a woman with alpha men. Okay. <sighs> There's a couple of things in there. There's a lot to unpack in that as okay. we finish this up. Okay. Do you, what, what would you like to say to those to those points? Well, I mean, you, when when we discussed this, the first thing you said to me was like, uh, like with the with the polyamory side of things, like, okay, but dude, you're fucking his chick too, right? Like, yeah. So it's not like what he's describing is like a cuckold sort of situation where there is a degree of shame. Cuckolding is a is a kink. Yeah. And where comes from the cuckoo bird. Right. Who lays its egg, the female cuckoo lays its eggs in other birds' nests and then fucks off. And then the bird hatches and that the cuckoo bird hatches and that other bird raises it if, as if it's its own. The male. Yeah. The male raises it. Well, no, the whatever, the whoever's raising that nest of chicks. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. That's... That's the mating. That's the 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 breeding strategy of the of the of the cuckoo bird. Mm-hmm. But what he's describing but, is a cuck kink, right. which is wrapped up in humiliation and mm-hmm. some shaming and stuff like Where that. Where you 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 hire a a, a bull to right. fuck your wife properly because you can't handle that woman on your own. Yeah, and there's oh my god, there's so much porn related to this. Well, we're we're still formulating an episode on celebrity marriages, but we just finished watching that red table talk with. Jada Pinkett Smith and yeah, Will Smith. And Will Smith. And there's and and then we also watched. There's a lot the, of chatter the, the, about what the that's interview like. with August and the difference between how they discussed it and what he said. And we'll we'll unpack that in another episode. Yeah. But that's that's there's there's something uh-huh. there's something going on there. Um, I don't know. I mean, we we've been playing with with other couples for a while now. How would you describe? How would you describe the couple of men, not men as a couple, but like the last couple <laughs> of couples? Like um, that. No, that's the only one we haven't done yet. Yeah, the last, the last couple of, of like, how would you describe the men in in the couples? They that we, would be, they would be what most people would think of as kind of like alpha men, mm-hmm. right? Very you know, confident, confident, in shape, good looking, successful, successful. Yeah, uh, but they get to fuck other women too. But yeah, like it's it's it, there's a give and take in in all of that, and I don't. I, I wish he he explained that last statement more. It sounds like he has a poor understanding of what polyamory means. Well, I think I think like his are. idea of what his definition of feminism is. I mm. think his definition of polyamory is wrong and yeah again refer you back to our, our non-traditional relationship <laughs> pair of episodes <laughs> where we talk about catalog. well this is what we talk yeah, about yeah. we talk about what it means to so polyamory means many loves mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you sit in the corner while some bigger stronger better looking Alpha. big dicked male fucks your wife or girlfriend or partner better mm-hmm. than you can mm-hmm. no some people like that but that's a kink that's a kink yeah. right yeah so it's it's yeah another point Ensuring paternity is not evolutionary or biological. No. Um, that is a societal 
a fairly new it's societal an, an idea. adaptation to the, to to the retention farm. of property yes. and agriculture. Only yeah. about 12,000 years old. It's not an evolutionary imperative. No. Um, the, the, the idea of sperm competition happens before or during. Yes. Right? And maybe we'll do another episode about, you know, why penises look the way they do. <laughs> 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 but... but to, to talk about that in, in an evolutionary or a biological sense is erroneous on its face because yeah. that, that is a societal, um, that ensuring paternity is a societal Yes, um, it's not a thing. biological It's not marriage. a biological thing. But if it was, then we wouldn't come across multiple examples of hunter-gatherer societies that exist in modern times, Today, not just yeah. back before agriculture, that have a, a shared paternity and a shared um, uh, raising of children, mm-hmm. yeah. because there's no way to definitively say who who we can say who the mother is, but we can't definitively they can't definitively say who the, who the father is, and so everybody acts as a father. And there's a lot of good evidence to show that children that are raised that way do better well, than well, than the whole. Oh, I'm just I'm only going to give a fuck about my own children. Well, I think we can all take a look, take a look around modern society yeah. and see that. The way we're doing it isn't serving. Yeah, there are children. plenty of shitty, spoiled brats out there <laughs> that have been coddled and and mm-hmm. sheltered from their parents in a way that is detrimental to other people that they come in contact with. Whereas, if everybody was invested in all the children and society as a whole, it would be a very, very different sort of place. I totally agree. I have one other point I wanted to make about party okay. girls, and then we can wrap this one up. Cool. So, um, the idea about um, you know. Girls with boyfriends don't need to party, you know, um, women getting dressed up and going out and getting Market male themselves. attention, marketing themselves. Yeah. Um, his big mistake here is a very poor understanding of how female desire works. Okay. If you read Wednesday Martin's book, yep. Untrue, fabulous book, by the way, um, huge fan of hers. It, it was, her book was a game changer for me. Absolutely. For sure. It made me think like, oh my God, there's nothing wrong with me. This is the way yeah. women are. Much much of the way like Sex at Dawn made me realize that there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Um, and actually, I've, I've heard Chris Ryan and Wednesday Martin on, an, on a, a podcast together. And it was like one of the best things I've yeah, ever listened to. It's and good. it was on my way to meet Mark Manson, by the way, to oh, do a reading of, nice. of his book. Who he's, His, his um, Everything is Fucked. Awesome book too. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll put that in the show mm-hmm. notes. So in her book... She talks about um, the way female desire works is like this. Women feel sexual and sexy when they feel good about themselves, when they feel they look good, when they feel um, they feel they look hot or they look sexy. And we don't believe you <laughs> when you say, babe, you look hot. We don't believe you. And not because we don't love you, not because we think we're your liars. Well, we, we don't believe you because you have a vested interest in, in telling us that we're hot. Yeah, because then you will fuck us. Right. Men go, if I tell my wife she's hot, she's going to believe it, and then we're going to fuck, and everything's going to be great. Or if I tell her she's not hot, I'm definitely not getting fucked. Well, you definitely won't get fucked no. if you tell Right. But the thing is, is that on a certain level, we don't believe you because we feel like, in, especially in a monogamous situation, I'm your only source. Of sex. Mm-hmm. So you have to say that shit to me. Otherwise, you're not going to get any. Okay? However, 
When women go out and they are looked at appreciatively by men and women, if people compliment them, these people don't have any investment. Yeah, there's no reason for them to say Maybe they want to fuck you, but again, you have agency and you don't have to fuck everybody that wants to fuck you. You can be choosy. Choosy. (laughs) What? Says Borat. That is where female desire is stoked. Right. So that idea of, I don't care where you get your appetite. Like for me to go out and have people look at me appreciatively or compliment me or try to pick me up. And then you start feeling yourself. You're like, yeah, you know what? I feel, I feel sexy. I feel desirable. I I feel wanted. And then you go home and I, and you go all over your partner. (laughs) You take that, that sexiness, that desire that you've built up going out and having fun with your friends. And there, there's good science to, to show that when women spend time with each other, there's oxytocin that is released. It's a bonding hormone. It's a feel-good hormone. And women get de-stressed. I think you can agree that stressed women don't want to fuck. Not as much as women that aren't stressed. Right. So they de-stress. They feel appreciated. They feel desired. And so then they feel desirable. And they go home and fuck they, their partner. they fuck the shit out of their partner. Yeah. It's like if a girl goes to a strip club with all her girlfriends. Yeah. Comes back. She's all horn dogged up that's right that's why there's always dudes hanging around at the strip club at last call trying to pick up some of those horny chicks <laughs> is that true it's true oh okay i mean i don't have personal experience with that you don't do that i do i don't you do heard that. people do that from very reliable sources Ah, uh, okay yeah. all right fair yeah. enough okay okay so next time uh we're gonna continue that was only nine of the 20 red flags mm-hmm. um there's a couple juicy ones coming up <laughs> i think you will agree uh so we're gonna take care of those in the next episode b how do we how do people find us um, you can go to our website, cheatingonfear.com. Mm-hmm. There is, you can send us an email. So if you have a question or a comment or a show idea, please email us at info at cheatingonfear.com. Mm-hmm. And we are on Instagram and Twitter. So you can find us there too. Absolutely. And however you listen to this podcast, if you want to leave a comment, uh, share the episodes with people you think might, might find it interesting, you can find us on Patreon as well. Uh, we're setting that up there. So it's cheating on fear. Don't feel obligated though. No, no, no. But we're gonna have some cool extra stuff, some side pieces that we're gonna we're gonna put up on, yes, the on side there. Pieces. So those will be kind of addendums to episodes <laughs> that we've that we've we've been working on based on your feedback and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's awesome. Thanks, B. Thank you. See you next time. Bye everyone. Bye.